everyone, and welcome to Timeline Scavengers, the podcast specifically designed to last forever. I'm James, your host, and I have another I'm, host. <laughs> I'm James and I'm Anderson. Colin Parker, oh, yeah. I'm James oh, Anderson. Oh, uh, uh, I'm James Anderson, one of your hosts. And I'm Colin Parker, your other host. On this show, we're going through the MCU in historical order, scene by scene, until the end of time. I have reached the point in that intro yep. where I have it off the top, but I think it's my unabashedly obsessed intro, which is mm-hmm. wild because I haven't done an unabashedly obsessed intro in at least two years. And that was on the one that we did after a couple of years of, of not doing it. Like, right. But I was like, Oh my God, I, I totally got this. I'm like, wait, are you sure that's not part of the unabashedly obsessed thing? The specifically designed part. And I was like, Nope, that's this. Go ahead. Keep going. If you don't mention it, it'll be seamless and Colin will never know. Anyways. Hey, Colin. So ready for a real short one? Just sort of some, a quick meet and greet. Yeah. Uh, okay. Before we even start, how fast do we think we can actually get through this episode? I want to see if we can speed run this episode. 12 minutes. I'm going to start a timer. Not timer, but I'm going to start a stopwatch. And then here we go. Three. All right. You don't two. get to talk at all. Shut up. I'm joking. Okay. Three, no, two, joking. one, go. All right. So we are talking about Captain America, the first Avenger. Uh, it's going to be a scene that takes place from 3234 to 3256. Wait, wait, come back. It's a 22-second scene, but it is a separate scene. So just everyone just calm down. It's, uh, we're all hired to have a good time. All right. So uh, <laughs> Phillips greets Senator Brandt, who uh, was briefly mentioned by Erskine in, in, a couple, in the grenade test scene, uh, who asks why he's in Brooklyn. Phillips says that they need access to the city's power grid. And if the senator had given him the generators he requisitioned, but Brant cuts him off and tells him that a lot of people are asking for funds. Then Brant rapidly changes the subject and introduces Phillips to Fred Clemson from the State Department. Clemson immediately throws shade at Brant about the results of this experiment being used for more than just headlines. Then Brant sees Steve and remarks that someone should get Steve a sandwich. (laughs) So a couple of things. We have a couple of Avengers Ensemble things. Okay. But before we get into any of that, Colin, did you have anything about this 22 seconds that really stood out to you that you wanted to discuss or bring up? Not exactly. I just think the one thing that is very funny to me is that everyone's first indication whenever they see Tiny Steve is like, God damn, someone give this kid a sandwich. <laughs> I think that is hilarious. Yeah. This is who we've put all our money into? They're like, this frail boy? <laughs> that is a, a thin statue. <laughs> I... I think it's weird to see Phillips look nervous or like unconfident. Yeah. And like, he's sort of like, hey, it's me, Chester. Do you remember me? Cause like, <laughs> hey, do you remember that time when I requisitioned bit, you know? those like, generators? Hey, hey that was awesome. Hey, buddy. Do you ever think about me? You know, your old buddy Chester? <laughs> yeah. you know? Good, good. Uh, let's do an <laughs> Avengers Ensemble. Avengers Ensemble. All right. So first we have Senator Brandt who is played by a guy named Michael Brandon, not Branton, Brandon. Don't get it twisted. That would be so perfect. It would be. Um, uh, He's been working since 1969 was my my first thing about him. Nice. Uh, Yeah. He is the American narrator for basically any Thomas the Tank Engine stuff you could point at. Huh. He was so if it's not Ringo Starr or George Carlin, who is also an American narrator, maybe it's Thomas and Friends that he's uh that he's the um narrator for. Uh he was in one episode of Doctor Who, one episode of Bones, and he played Skeleton Gladiator in Scooby Doo and the Cyber Chase. So that is Michael Brandon. 
Uh, next, we have okay. Brant's assistant or Brant's aide, as it is listed in the credits. This is a, an actor named Martin Sherman, or as he was going by at the time, Martin T. Sherman. Um, the T might stand for Thomas because he is the voice of Thomas, Percy, and Diesel in the U.S. version of Thomas the Tank Engine. So these two have done Thomas the Tank Engine stuff together, which is cool. Um, That's interesting. Yeah. He was also in one episode of Doctor Who, but I did check, and it is not the same one as as Michael Brandon. They are not that best friends. That would have been friends. crazy. <laughs> well. I mean, we don't, I guess, I, I don't know that they're not best friends, but. Right. Right. Uh, maybe they are. It's not and like I, they do every gig together. Actually, basically. I really love if they're best friends. Um, all right. Today, you'll be my <laughs> assistant. Okay. Uh, he voiced <laughs> Radovid Five the Stern and Tehran Guards in The Witcher. Which I mentioned because we had the the guy who does the voice of the Witcher. Uh, right, that's right. I forgot about that. In the past or the future? Oh boy, I don't remember. Uh, I think it's in the future. I think it's to in the be future. honest with you. Um, and he played Guy in <laughs> Gangs of New York. I really appreciate the air quotes that everyone else. I hope everyone could hear them because, like, I got to see them. Yeah. But I hope you could hear that in the inflection. I've been I've been working for about uh, fifteen to seventeen years on getting my uh, vocal air quotes just. <laughs> just that that right flavor of pecan um and then uh i also am able to to not do them because next we have fred clemson uh who is played by uh richard armitage or armitage uh who uh, you've heard of and uh is kind of a big deal actually uh he played trevor belmont in castlevania hmm. he played the voice of wolverine in the wolverine podcast that came out he Oh, maybe he's a big deal to me because I, you know, listen to that podcast. So it'd be like, and the sure. voice of Logan was Richard Armitage, Arm- Armitage, Armitage. He was in Oceans 8. And since he's a guy, I have oh. to imagine he was the bad guy. Uh, right. He was in six episodes of Hannibal. He was Thorin in The Hobbits 1 through 3. And he was an uncredited Naboo fighter pilot in Star Wars Phantom Menace. Along with That's Rick cool. Oli, uh, who is played by Fen- who plays Fen- That's awesome because yeah. I'm currently, as we're recording this, which is May 26th, 2022. Yeah, I'm currently on a big Star Wars content kick. Yeah, so that's cool that like he's involved in that. Absolutely. The research that I did for this is brief, although it sure does scroll a lot. Uh, I looked up the two senators from New York uh, that would have been. Mm-hmm. Senators at this time. Oh, so like the real life, the, the senators. real life senators cool. during the seventy eighth United States Congress, which would have been going on in spring of nineteen forty three. So, Colin, as you know, uh, there are two senators per state. Yeah, and the first senator, I think he's the senior senator, but the other guy, I think, is older. I think senior senator means you were elected first. I don't know how it works. The first guy listed uh, is named James M. Mead, uh, and he. In 1914, he ran for the New York State Assembly. He won the Erie County 4th District seat and won re-election in 1916. He served in the sessions of 1915, 16, 17, and 18 in the New York Assembly. He won a reputation as a champion of workers' rights, including a passage of a full crew law for freight trains, a law requiring workers to be paid every two weeks instead of every month, and an act mandating improved safety measures in train engine cabs. Among his successes were laws to improve the conditions of women and children in factories and enhancements to the state's workers' compensation laws. Meade's affability and power of persuasion marked him as an effective legislator, despite the fact that he was a Democrat in a body controlled by Republicans. So there was this thing called the Truman Committee in the 40s, Mm -hmm. uh, around this time, actually. And it was basically like 
Uh, it was called the Sp Senate Special Committee to Investigate the National Defense Program, but Harry Truman headed, uh, headed it up. He was the chairman, so they called it the Truman Committee because the other thing is a huge mouthful. Uh, so it's basically a congressional <laughs> investigation uh, body, investigative body. It was basically to find and correct problems in U.S. war production with waste, inefficiency, and war profiteering. The Truman Committee proved yeah. to be one of the most successful investigative efforts ever mounted by the U.S. government. An initial budget of $15,000 was expanded over three years to $360,000 to save an estimated Ten to fifteen billion dollars in military spending, and thousands of lives of U.S. servicemen. For comparison, the entire cost of the Manhattan Project was two billion dollars at the time. So, don't worry, we'll make up for that lost. You know, oh, in yeah, in modern day, for sure. Don't worry, Senator Meade. We got, we got, we'll, we'll spend that right we'll away. Spend that uh, like thirty years yeah, ago. Exactly. Also, do you think James M. Meade? Because of the way his name is, do you think he just wanted to be James Meade? I think either that his middle name was M. I like that a lot. Mm -hmm. I also like uh, if his middle initial his middle name is just middle name because that's James his favorite middle MXPX Meade. song. Yeah, <laughs> emotion. James MXPX Meade. I love that a lot, <laughs> um, though less so as the years go by. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like both of those jokes were pretty much only for you and me, and I, basically, I appreciate that. Basically, um, and the reason I mention it is because not only was he on it, but basically when Truman left to go run for president, mm -hmm. James M. Meade took over the chairman. So he took over the oh. that commission when he was when Truman went to go uh, beat Dewey. Um, he became the new Truman. Yeah, I'm the Truman now is what he said. And they're like, what are you talking about? He's like, you won't understand that, but your grandkids are going to love it. <laughs> um, so the other senator was Robert F. Wagner, also a Democrat. Uh, Wagner, who had known the future president, FDR, when they were in the New York State legislature together, was a member of Franklin Roosevelt's Brain Trust, which I've been listening to this uh, book about the 30s, back when we were in the 30s forever. Um, and mm -hmm. the Brain Trust was basically like, Anything you've heard of FDR doing to accomplish anything, he basically ran by his brain trust first. Uh, he was very involved in labor issues, fought for legal protection and rights for workers, and was a leader in crafting the New Deal. In April of 1943, a confidential analysis by British scholar Isaiah Berlin of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee for the British Foreign Office said this about Wagner. He's a veteran liberal Tammany statesman, author of the United States Labor Code and devotee of the New Deal, who is respected by the White House for his political acumen within his own state, no less, within his own state, no less than for his political connections. Greatest champion of the liberal cause in the United States Senate since George W. Norris, a typical anti-Nazi German Democrat who has supported all the administration measures being usually well in advance of them. So yeah, this guy was born in Germany and then became a senator during World War II, which is... Interesting. Yeah. That's... So what the guy... Big. Yeah, what the guy meant by he's usually in, well in, in advance, usually well in advance of, of them, uh, he keeps doing... What I'm about to say are all the things he said that either they didn't end up doing or they did, like, way later. So mm -hmm. uh, the National Labor Relations Act, perhaps Wagner's greatest achievement, or it might be Wagner because he's actually German, right. was a seminal event in the history of organized labor in the United States. It created the National Labor Relations Board, which mediated disputes between unions and corporations and greatly expanded the rights of workers by banning many 
unfair labor practices and guaranteeing all workers the right to form a union, unless they tell you not to even mention the word union in your orientation video, which they do now uh, at Target <laughs> and all the places I've ever worked. Um, I was going to say, like every other place, yeah, honestly, like exactly. Starbucks recently. Yeah. Uh, Wagner was also instrumental in writing the Social Security Act, and he originally introduced it in the United States Senate. Uh, he also oh. co-sponsored uh, with Representative Edith Norse Rogers, who is a Republican from Massachusetts, the Wagner-Rogers bill to admit 20,000 Jewish refugees under the age of 14 to the United States from Nazi Germany. Wow. But yeah. the bill was rejected by the United States Congress in 1939. So, of course cool. it was, because, you know, we're great. Then uh, Wagner and Edward P. Costigan sponsored a federal anti-lynching law. In 1935, attempts were made to persuade President Roosevelt to support the Costigan-Wagner bill. However, Roosevelt refused to support the bill for fear of alienating Southern Democrats in Congress and losing their support for New Deal programs. There were 18 lynchings of blacks in the South in 1935, but after the threat of federal legislation, the number fell to eight in 1936 and to two in 1939. So he, keep, he kept putting forth these bills that were incredibly progressive and great and then having them shot down for politics. So, yep. America. Yeah, I was going to say, nothing has changed. That's the good news. Yeah, exactly. America, colon, it's, it's great. It's great. So those, it's I just, fine. Uh, those are the two people that are the senators in, in our universe at the time. Uh, I don't know if, because uh, New York has a state senate, so you would also call a state senator senator. But I'm imagining mm -hmm. that he's a U.S. senator. That Brandt is a U.S. senator. Right. He's probably in place of Meade, who in the in there in six one or in a was it one nine 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 is not on the Truman Committee and therefore doesn't save them a whole bunch of money and that whole bunch of money they use for Project Rebirth. <laughs> you know, hey, I like that. I like that headspace. I like that a lot. That's good. That's it. That's all I have. Uh, and just so we know, uh, we clocked in at fourteen twenty five. Mm. Uh, obviously some of that's going to get probably cut down just a little bit like flubs or whatever, but right. like, I think we came pretty close to 12 at the end For of the sure. day. So I feel For like, sure. I feel like we can, we can be pretty proud of ourselves. Uh, and with that being said, I'm going to recommend actually a brand new show to the network, which is Dazed and Confused 33 and one third. Yeah. Woo! Uh, which is a great little show, which is basically a, uh, almost like, think of it like this. It's almost like you're doing a minute um, sorry, movie by the minute podcast, but instead of by the minute, you're going by the soundtrack. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's going through the movie Dazed and Confused, going through the 33 tracks uh, on the movie. Uh, and it's a limited run series run by Jarf Harden. If you, uh, if you, if this sounds like a, a show that I would have made up, you're not wrong, but Jarf made it up and he rules. I've done several uh, shows that he's done. Uh, I'm really, really stoked that we, we managed to uh, get this show on the network. Um, it's I've recorded two episodes, and uh, Daniel just recorded one last night, I believe. Yeah, I actually just saw that. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's a it's a fun. He, Jarv asks really, really good, thoughtful questions about music. I've really enjoyed recording. I'll try and get another one on there. Well, uh, with that, I thank you all very much for listening to this episode, and we will all catch you on the next one. As always, I'm Colin Parker. And I'm James Anderson. Senator Brand, I would like permission to get one more Excelsior. Yeah, we can afford it.
This world is a peaceful one. Plains, mountains, swamps, pines, cicadas sing, rivers flow, magic thrums through the air, and all of it's surrounded by a single massive wall, as ancient as history itself. So, you know, not that ancient. Thanks to the loss, prehistoric ain't all that long ago. Oh well, life is good, and assuming you don't mind the looming thread of a mysterious skeletal society. Side character quest. A D&D adventure, one player at a time. Some worlds need a hero. This one? Eh, might need a bit more than that. The Scavengers Network. Creator-driven. Community-focused. Treasured content.